What are we going to talk about today? Uh, <laughs> we can talk about um, Airbnb collapsing. Oh, God. Yes, or please. even better, Elon Musk's mental health collapsing. Oh, my God. This is the worst. Uh, what's going on with uh, Musky Boy? Oh, my God. He went full red pill. Like, oh, he, beyond that. He was, he was tweeting like this fascist crazy stuff and he was talking about it on the earnings call the mm-hmm. tesla earnings call they, they like made him hang hung up. up yeah they <laughs> someone on his side like hung the phone up they were like no and then <laughs> a reporter a reporter asked about it and he said something th- so someone on the phone at the tesla side said something that was super dismissive and the reporter thinks it was Elon saying it like to yeah. somebody like away from the mic. <laughs> but anyway, unhinged as per usual. Yeah, but worse than normal. Like actually unhinged. It wasn't he always already a bit like yes. this? Like I mean it's not yeah. He's been but problematic getting, for a while. Yeah, I was gonna say, like I th- I think I remember thinking, Oh, Elon Musk is cool and then that faded away real quick. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I've I've once tried to read his biography, and right. then I realized that his parents are basically uh, rich diamond stealers, mm-hmm. or right. whichever they, rock they were into. They were pro apartheid too in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I this mean, all started when he tweeted um, "Free America Now," <laughs> and then he does. compared. Well, first off, he thinks that everyone is like literally locked in their homes. I'm not allowed to leave. So he clearly is like also detached from reality. Yeah. But it's because I believe it's because the lockdown started affecting Tesla mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how much money they could make and how many cars they could sell and how many employees they could have in their factories. And he's acting just like every other billionaire is acting of just like profits over people. Mm-hmm. So I can't. Yeah, just want to throw out that it's only the American ones that are doing this. Like every other country is like, cool, lockdown is good. I can continue this. <laughs> America's like protesting in their cars. But the thing is, the thing is, and uh, I mean, this is not strictly tech related, but kind of is. Um, if you're thinking billionaires and the billionaires are in some way, usually the people that um, lead these tech companies too. Mm-hmm. A bit of a bridge, but you know. Um, the thing is that... Um, on first glance, it seems ridiculous what's happening in America. And don't get me wrong, it really is. Um, but if you look at it like from the perspective that we're going through our once-in-a-lifetime recession hit for the second time in our lifetimes, like people are just... we. The thing is, I think Europe is suffering from this as well, but just in less um, less pronounced and less heavy maybe but we're all already kind of like living in poverty and then mm-hmm. people starting to take away things from you can feel very very stressful especially if you're not sure if you're gonna like make any money or mm-hmm. if you know like the simple ways that we relied on to make money and with we i mean it's just the people all that people. aren't billionaires yeah. <laughs> um all, a lot of those things are now very you know, shaky. Um, yeah, and we're I think not you see sure. It. It's more pronounced in America, I think, right now, because most countries have like very specific rescue packages. And America was like, "Here is one check, and uh, you can participate in a like candy scramble for 
some loans. But from for me, like for, as a European, for me, it always seemed like America was like this great free for all to begin yeah. with, you know. Yeah, yeah. And propaganda the whole time. Yeah, because free for all doesn't exist because every it's like the rules aren't straight the level is like the ground isn't leveled for mm -hmm. everyone so you have a bunch of people competing in this free-for-all idea but they're not free for all do doing the free-for-all thing at all they don't mm -hmm. have a chance you know poor people get poorer and rich people get richer uh and then you call it luck or something else gosh Freedom. i don't know yeah um but I people think... are addicted to the idea that they can get rich anyway. Just mm -hmm. like how someone who gambles a lot is just going to try it once more again to see, <laughs> you yeah. know, maybe this time. Um, and that's yeah. just really sad because that's something that's like deeply ingrained into the way people think and the way people mm -hmm. are brought up and the way they think they think the world work, works. So it's not something you can easily changed I, I i'm afraid and i had a little bit of hope that maybe um a crisis like this could help people see that mm. um but it seems like people are just like i mean this always happens when people's realities are challenged right mm -hmm. um your first your first reaction is not to be like oh maybe i wasn't right but it's <laughs> to like put your heels in the sand and, and yeah. you know fight it um so yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that um we'll also see some uh, good people stand up and some good companies stand up and um that it's no, not just all going to be one big pile of misery, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I think the the thing that we all know is like in a crisis, especially one like this, you need strong leadership that yeah. everyone can trust and there's yeah. such a lack of trust that it doesn't really matter who the leader of america says because half the people will listen and half won't mm -hmm. no matter what and that's because there's no trust there mm -hmm. and like you said it would be nice if people and companies stood up but really that shouldn't be their mm -hmm. responsibility we shouldn't depend on private corporations to save us exactly like, but, but then but, but then if you can help out it's not about saving maybe it's more about like showing that you're on a good side of history basically and trying to you know do your duty as a person i think to you know help out uh this is not related to tech but i'm just gonna keep going with it um <laughs> i love it <laughs> last night i was I was missing Anthony Bourdain as one does. <laughs> and I went on YouTube because, you know, when he died, like Netflix made yeah. this whole deal about like his whole catalog is available. Well, it's not there anymore, which is oh. super disappointing oh, or at least not weird. in the Netherlands, Netflix. Uh, yeah. And so um, I went on YouTube, found a couple videos and there's an episode of one of his shows. I think it was no reservation. I can't remember um, in Sri Lanka. And hmm. I'll link that one because after the tsunami in Sri Lanka that killed tens of thousands of people, there was a, a huge lack of the government helping. And mm. this one individual sort of built a city where yeah. he raised funding and built schools and hospitals and all sorts of infrastructure. And it's still there today. He's wow. sort of built this little success story that's training people and helping people start their lives over it's really inspiring mm -hmm. 
obviously, like we said, it shouldn't be up to the individual <laughs> in this case, but there is like a, some good examples of that. Yeah. yeah. My fear in America is that it would end up being Musk Town uh, and the only cars allowed on the road would be Tesla. <laughs> like it just, it's just like this thing I could imagine happening. Like there's that crazy, do you remember the, there's like a, um, the story about how Ford was like rolling up to like, I don't know, developing countries like Brazil and building cities like Ford Town in the twenties. Oh, I didn't know that. They built the and it like it was a thing for years and it was a factory town and it was like the American dream but in like Brazil's rainforest or some insane shit. I can put the link in the show notes. It's really, really fascinating. It sounds like Sorry to Bother You. Have you seen that movie? No. It's um where there it's a it's a little dystopian but it's pretty similar to the situation we have now and there's this large corporation that's sort of got like this walmart amazon vibe and it's sort of they're offering people like live where you work (laughs) and it's like a little (laughs) like a little (laughs) tiny slot apartment at work and so you work and it pays for your rent and then you live and they charge you know it's like slave labor anyway this is, um, I mean, we live at the same in the same house that we work now, right? In the same mm. building, in the same fifty square meters. You know, it's insane. Um, yeah, one of the things that I want to add to all of that is that one of the things that I don't really understand is um, I've been seeing people around me, but also on Twitter, but also Elon Musk, um, kind of like leaking from their brains, like the, everyone's just like kind of yeah. like feeling weird and anxious and and like stuff is going on and people don't know how to deal with that but there's no there is no mention about any like get mental health help Mm -hmm. or um there there is no conversation about this at all and i i think that is so weird like Mm. and i'm saying no conversation about this at all i mean of course people on twitter are talking about this but i mean from like our government or Mm. anything like that there is no mention of this whatsoever um they haven't started talking about uh, the topic of economy yet either but i kind of understand that because we we're not sure yet what everything means and Mm. what's going to happen but what i do know is that um this is really trying times for a lot of people there's a lot of people that are now for the first time um dealing with like uh things that um they have never thought of like uh that a lot of people that have mental health problems for mm-hmm. instance have been dealing with for years like um or people that are already have ha- having mental health problems they mm. yeah like you get confronted with things that you thought you dealt with like years ago you know mm. yeah. like for instance for me personally washing my hands quite often is, t- is something is like something i do when i feel really bad mm-hmm. um so now having to wash my hands a lot kind of triggers like that mind space again and like little bits like that can like are happening left and right of me um and then there's another thing where i see a lot of people think like oh yeah but like i have a roof over my head and i still have a job so i'm not allowed to feel sad or i'm not allowed to feel uh, like my world is crumbling because Mm -hmm. it could have been so much worse which is a problem because we're all living through this big crisis and just because someone else has it worse doesn't mean that you are not allowed to, you know, feel bad. Um, I'm not sure if this is exactly it, but it sounds like survivor's guilt. Are you mm -hmm. familiar with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Like someone else has it so much worse. So 
I will just, you know, shut up. Yeah, um, or like, no, you get in a plane crash, which is traumatic to be in, but you live, but yeah. other people don't. It's like this concept of feeling guilty that you did live, even yeah, exactly. though you did experience the traumatic experience, your own traumatic experience. And yeah, I'm not an expert, obviously. So, but that's what I just, I didn't mean to interject. It just sounded like what you were describing. Yeah, no, there was no, that was no interjection at all. It was really, um, that adds on to it as well because that describes it really well, I think. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The thing I want to say with this is, uh, if you're, if like, if so, if you're feeling bad, uh, this is a good time as well to reach out to a mental health professional. Uh, maybe you can try one of those online services that have been popping up. That's a really good way to go about it. Maybe to try it or at least talk to a friend about it. Even if you think you have it better than them or worse than them or whatever, try to like, this is the thing that I find very hard, but I try to do, um, try to talk to yourself um, as if you're talking to a good friend instead of um, maybe patterns of like being very harsh on yourself. <laughs> try to imagine, would you say this also to a friend? Um, yeah. Well, yeah. welcome to my mental health podcast. That's I'm your host, Federico Monte, and joining me today <laughs> are... <laughs> we did the intro we did the intro it's interesting though we um in canada that's one thing that they have like launched as publicly funded mental health over the phone or whatever like the government has provided it and like my work has been pushing our own thing really hard like this it's like paid for by us i think it's like an app but uh like just use it like it, it doesn't hurt anybody <laughs> if you just do it like yeah you know yeah. um but it is really hard because you're also like maybe i'll just push through it <laughs> yeah but we push through everything and yeah. that has that that leads us to a whole different set of problems oh yes and um just trying it out and maybe getting a different result will never hurt um the, the netherlands have this thing which i think is really really good and also a little bit funny we have this thing called uh belmanit register which is mm. a register where you can uh, register yourself uh, if you never want to be called by uh, yep. telecommunication people. Still so, doesn't work 100%. <laughs> right. Especially if you have your own business, then it doesn't yes. work. Because, yeah, that's another story. But <laughs> now, in this crisis time, they have uh, started this thing called Belmabel Register, mm. which is basically the opposite. And you put yourself <laughs> on a list and you'll be called by a mental health professional. Oh, that's cool. Really? And, yeah. And you can just talk to them if you don't have anyone to talk about, like something little or something big. Mm-hmm. It's not therapy, but it's um, getting it out. Yeah, <laughs> letting it out. You know, um, finding an easy way into maybe talking to someone or exploring the idea of talking to someone, getting some resources there, um, because a lot of people are extremely lonely. Mm. or like are trapped inside by themselves or get extremely anxious or are are experiencing like familiar things or things they've never experienced before and something Mm -hmm. like Bel register which is also a fucking funny name i think yeah i think it's funny please call me (laughs) register (laughs) please Um, call me yeah Um, Uh. yeah i think stuff like that is really helpful Mm -hmm. um I don't know how I don't know how to feel about uh, text message um, mental health yet. Text message mental health? What is this? Yeah, there is like, like they text you, like Talkspace. 
Yeah, uh, exactly. I feel like for me, I don't know if it would be the same, but I, maybe I'm just old. <laughs> like, so I, I I use it. It's yeah. not it's not the same as going and sitting in a therapist's office on a weekly basis or mm-hmm. even more regularly. Um, but as someone who has gone to the therapist and been in the same room, I think it's a nice like addition mm. um, for a time like now. It's nice yeah. to maybe follow up on stuff that you've talked about with therapists before, mm-hmm. or, you know, reaffirm things that you've sort of, learn through therapy and then kind of, you know, maybe fallen back a little bit because of the crisis. I know that's the way I feel. So, mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, I would say like, if you've never gone to therapy before, it's definitely not like cool. Well, personal experiences, right. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as quickly effective as like doing therapy, but I think Talkspace right. now offers like a tier where you can video chat with, the therapist and yeah, it's well. more more similar to like you would with therapists today during yeah. lockdown um but yeah the text based it's nice it's a little bit more casual i would yeah. say you message them they're not necessarily going to reply right away it's sort of like email more than mm-hmm. you know if you just happen to be online at the same time and like both available at the same time mm-hmm. you can have sort of back and forth conversations but they sort of set expectations up front that it's like email. You send a message, you'll get a message. Usually they ask a lot of questions that gives you lots of things to think about and reply with. And then, you know, so it's a pretty good back and forth, but it's I also, do, I do it's really like the limited. idea. I do really like the idea of it. And I also really do like the idea of, um, you know, sometimes writing something down can be the best way to get out of yeah. something. Um, but like, I have this issue relate to this where for me it's really good to go on walks but um i have a hard time going on a pointless walk basically Mm. Interesting. Um, so i writing things down for me similarly works really well but um i find it hard to write it pointlessly Mm -hmm. so if i write it to someone like a friend or my uh, therapist who i can email um then it feels completely different yeah feels good hmm. to have an audience there so i can kind of see that that works i think you're right that people are using twitter as therapy like definitely i saw oh, like yeah it was a there was a ironic tweet that somebody made that like people uh who keep tweeting through the pain it only gets worse yeah. <laughs> like, it's like it's true you see this on twitter a lot it's like people go from like joking to like definitely tweeting through the pain <laughs> the thing is though and this ties back to where we started again like Unfortunately, in the US, therapy is very expensive and it's not yeah. something that everyone has available. Especially Th- now. Especially now. Like, I mean, I miss going to my therapy IRL a lot. I miss going anywhere. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to your True. point about the price of therapy and Owen oh, said, so especially now, over 30 million people in America have filed for unemployment. Oof. So that means that the amount of people unemployed is probably a lot higher than that because. Mm-hmm. As we talked about before, the system is Just limited in how many people can get through it, and it varies Ooh. by state by state. So that's the reported number. But that's, I mean, America's 30, 330 million people, and that includes all ages. So just imagine 10% of that is unemployed. It's probably mm-hmm. a lot higher amount of the actual employed people mm-hmm. are now unemployed, like the employable yeah. market, the like age range of people that have jobs. 
Um, so, and the the point I was making with that is that in America, insurance is so often tied to your job. So this is literally the worst time. You're in a public health crisis where there's also a mental health crisis that it can cause or uh, exacerbate. It's really the the most inconvenient system that I can think of. Yeah, it, I really don't have the words for it. It's not the right system for our time. To- exactly, and this t- ties into why there is people that are have that are in the um, the category of people that should stay inside for real that are walking around with picket signs saying "Free America." Yeah, and with guns, this, picket signs, yeah. and guns. Yeah, it's to me that stuff is extremely insane but um it's quite easy for me to say that from uh cushy um europe with the healthcare that is you know 90 euros a month right um i can imagine that um the water is a bit higher on there you know the water <laughs> gets to their how do you even say that zach is laughing because of the cat's ears ball. Just, like ball, just like eyeball yeah sorry he's you're a, saying he's a long boy now let's put him Oh wait, there you go. Um, that that like the water levels are a bit higher there than they are here. Yeah. So, and not to forget, stuff like that is happening here as well. And this ties into a tech topic again a little bit. But uh, this week we had um, people uh, demonstrating and demonstrating. Yeah. Is that a word? Yeah, uh, with picket signs that five um, G is causing coronavirus. Oh Why? It's. I wonder if it's. I've been wondering about all of these like weird conspiracy theories we're seeing like circulating, and I have this feeling that it's because people are at home even more, and Facebook is and all of these companies are not right um, properly managing also, their platforms worse than ever. Right. Yeah, and also like uh, C uh, topic yeah, A mental health. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. you know, like. Um, yeah, I don't know. I would love to dive in a little bit deeper into why people are so afraid of 5G, uh, but um, I, we're not going to do that now because I have to do well, research on that. But all I'll say is they, this already happened before. Well, <laughs> 4G. I, would, I, I just want to say the thing with 5G that I think is interesting is there are valid criticisms of 5G. It does not cause coronavirus. Burning down towers is also not going to bring down like cell towers is not going to make coronavirus go away. The government's not controlling people with 5G. But my understanding is 5G disrupts the AccuWeather forecasting network, which is used Mm. globally to predict weather patterns. And in a time where because of climate change, we're having more extreme, more abrupt and sudden extreme weather, we, we really depend on that system. And so that's something that I think is like valid criticism of 5G and makes me wonder like how all the companies are able to just push forward with it. Hmm. Yeah, without actually thinking of those. Yeah, It's reminiscent of like um, Elon Musk's satellites, the Starlink satellites, how it makes it so um, some astronomy is just like completely blocked by it because they need long exposure of the night sky. And if there's bright reflective starling satellites flying in front of their telescope, they can't take long exposure. So 
it's like valid criticisms and yet the technology just gets to move forward. And this is where like, I think government regulation is way, way too slow. But the fact that people think 5G is all these conspiracies came up around it is like a great question of like, how did something that actually has valid criticisms get these like inane, weird conspiracy theories about them instead? And that's what people are focusing on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do feel like a crisis like this one brings that quality up back in people yeah. just like how we have stories of all times in in history where people just got like super strange ideas about things um where causation and uh what is it again causation and correlation, correlation. are mm-hmm. just like being all fumbled up yeah and like for instance for some reason we start to like believe in weird fairy tales i mean <clears throat> the bible or um <laughs> Like how how the Mayans apparently thought that if they didn't sacrifice someone every day, then the, the sun wouldn't come up. And like there is, yeah. <laughs> I would, I there's would probably more <laughs> less insane um, examples uh, than those. But the the five G thing is a like a is secretly a deeply racist thing because if you think about it really hard, a lot of five G stuff is tied up in Huawei and like. I can see how they made the mental leap from like Huawei to like oh, oh they caused this like oh I, I think see that, what you're saying that is like really racist. racist but without saying it like I think that's basically how they made that leap yeah uh, because wow. people are saying well uh, the the coronavirus is from Wuhan and five uh, G is also from Wuhan so right and I think I think that's a lot of holy it. shit um, wow. But we've had year, we've had this over the years. Like I remember, like when three G was becoming a thing, everybody was very worried it caused cancer uh, for a very long time. And like there was a lot of like protests where I grew up for this reason. Like they put one cell tower up in the whole town dress up. Like it's the most dumb shit. I feel I like mean, I lived in The Simpsons as a child. Like, <laughs> but the thing is, we don't really know. Still, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. exactly. It could, it could cause it cancer, could, but we just don't know. But um, one of the things that is really um, problematic about something like this um, is that it can actually have very real uh, consequences. And I think I touched on this a little bit when we talked about the Corona apps. Um, Like if there is not enough support or if there is like weird conversations before anything is Mm -hmm. said or before anything has decided, if you're all already saying no before the research has been done, um, then sometimes it can happen that s- stuff like that will just never happen. Yeah. For instance, a good example of that is most European countries, um, they add a little bit fluor to the water because apparently mm-hmm. that's really good for people. Fluoride, right. yeah. Um, we in the Netherlands, we don't do that because in the 80s, there was a little group of people that said it was mind-controlling uh, people. Oh, no, it's always this. That happened in America too, but they do have fluoride in a lot of the water in America. So um, because of the people uh, then, we still don't have that in the water. Like, I mean. Oh, my God. Wow. You know, uh, like yeah, something, yeah. something small like that can have a big impact, yeah. you know. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if five G technology is great, I don't want to miss out on it because people think they're yes. racist and it comes from China, so it must be bad. Mm. Um, I am also very worried about that part of this thing, where, mm. like, for instance, um, Trump calling it the 
China virus and stuff. Yeah. And and also the whole thing with the wet markets and shit. Be, mm-hmm. Like it's really easy for us to go like, ew, that's weird and gross. Mm-hmm. No, it, it it that's such a racist Western opinion too, because like we yeah. have the same markets in ev- almost every country on the planet. It's right. just that we've stereotyped the ones in China as dirty and gross, which they're not. Exactly. And also, I mean, we are stuffing thousands and thousands of animals in the same fucking shed. Right, yeah. The conditions for animals are really bad in America. Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, something like this could have happened anywhere on the planet, you know? Oh, my God. Mika is so cute right now. the pairing. Um, just to just to point out, like they're starting to think that the market in Wuhan that was accused of being like ground zero was not actually ground zero. Right. They think that there may have been 700 cases already by the time mm. that market happened. Hmm. So, like we d- we don't know anything. Like yeah, yeah. I was what I was wondering if I could change the subject a little bit to something that mm. I think is really interesting and changing a lot right now because yes. of coronavirus is online education and yes. I know we talked a bit about like zoom and students using zoom um but uh I am looking at a graph now about um you know Coursera Coursera is like an mm-hmm. online uh course platform and there's some that are made just for Coursera and there's some that like universities create and post there I think it's what Apple tried to make with the um what was it called shit there was like this education learning part of iTunes for a while wow. and Stanford had all their courses. I remember this thing. Do you remember uh, that? Was it not just university called iUniversity? iTunes U. iTunes U. That's it. Wow. So many dumb Apple products. <laughs> it, <laughs> it never I, I think like if they had actually like just spun it out and like yeah. focused, had like a team focus on it, like Coursera would is the closest to what it would have been like but yeah. apple's incapable of doing stuff like this um of course Tara, um see also so they, podcasts <laughs> this else, this really. data is a little over a week old but um they have seen a 15x growth since the pandemic broke out mm-hmm. 10.3 million total enrol- enrollments in the past 30 days and that was a week ago mm-hmm so up 644% from last year. That's that's huge. And that's insane, yeah. You know, um I my partner is going to university now and is now doing university from home and how I think universities now like a lot of how they can compete with online courses was on one side like quality like cuz a lot mm-hmm. of these online universities in America were scams. So there was like the this like this is real because you're going to a place even though that right a lot of the in-person ones could be scams too but the idea of university in america um well first off like universities are extremely privileged environments like Mm -hmm. only six percent it's almost six and a half percent of the world's population have access to university to higher education so if you've gone to college you're already in a very privileged group um but anyway uh what are these universities what's the selling point how how do you have someone pay 10,000 euro 30,000 mm. US dollars for a year or even a semester of sitting at home on zoom 
Mm-hmm. I, and I would say like, this is specifically of about the sort of programs that can be mm-hmm. online. Uh, you know, I was reading the story about someone that went to NYU and how NYU sent everyone off campus and um, how they may, they won't refund any tuition, but they're a, a sculpture major. Mm. So it's like, what am I going to do? Do my welding homework at home on Zoom? <laughs> like, it's just not something that I can do in my Brooklyn apartment. So, <laughs> you know, it, this is specifically about things that you can learn digitally, but... Yeah, just like uh, laboratory school or like other like um, more practical studies. Well, it's right. also just that like on a computer is really hard to learn for a lot of people. Like for me, I cannot listen to this for more than 30 minutes without ending up on Twitter. Right. <laughs> like, well, and I get really bored. It. It's just the type of format it is. At least in my experience, I, I know that this is a common saying. I don't know if it's for everybody, but a lot of what you learn at university is from your peers that you're surrounded right. by. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I was going to say that too, because I've also learned that a lot of people that do a master's degree, they don't do a master's degree because they want to have that education. They want to be in that group of people. (sighs) That's funny. They want to know those people. It's a a network thing. It's a network thing. And your diploma is is like to show that you have this network rather than, (laughs) oh, you study. Interesting. Studying is a thing that you can do or not can't like not everyone can do that. But um, if you can do it, then you can basically study anything mm-hmm, and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But like for a lot of people, it's, it's about um, being in that group and getting those connections and building, right. you know, your trajectory for your business or whatever the fuck you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, it's, it's almost like an exclusive membership that you have to do a lot for and pay a lot for. Yeah. So, yeah. You're totally right. Yeah. I, I just I wonder what the future of higher education looks like or education in general looks like, because even if we're not stuck at home for the rest of our lives, I think this fundamentally will change the impression of a lot of learning for a lot yeah. of people, especially if in September, when the next semester starts, if those universities are asking for thousands tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. they're gonna have to really justify that it, has, it can't be a zoom call at least like yeah. the way i think about it i think i've mentioned this before it's like when i was in university second life was big and like at my university offered all the like classes in second life and like i'm not saying that you know universities should be offering class in minecraft or fortnite but maybe i am yeah what i'm saying is like maybe there is a different format for that maybe it is like using a different medium like i just find the flatness of a video call not conducive to learning like yeah exactly this just reminds me again of how like internet should be a basic utility because should be free well not free but just like everybody should get the same speed i'm not against free but yeah i mean it could be part of where taxes go yeah, exactly. they install power lines so like why not run internet why don't we um why doesn't the government like hostile take over spacex eh? sick yeah they and then like their bailout yeah like yeah we'll buy 50 percent of your shares like it's happening with airlines it's just like public takeover of... honestly the public takeover should be at&t listen oh, that's good yeah 
there is one thing I want to talk to you guys about too. There, and I'm not, I'm not completely sure how this works. And maybe you guys do, but if you don't, it's also fine. Um, right now, there's a lot of companies that are struggling, right? Mm-hmm. And some of those companies are evil companies that we've talked about before that we wish that would fall over. First, but like Airbnb, for instance, um, or Booking.com. I don't know. Ugh. Um, both. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't wish. Uh, that all these people lose their job because that's mm-hmm. tied into it. That's as a well. different thing than hating a corporation, though. I think. Yeah, exactly. But like, I think, I mean, there, uh, Booking.com has a lot of people uh, on their payroll. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the reason why, for instance, the government helps companies like that is so that people won't lose their jobs and everything. Mm-hmm. But how does this thing work, though? Because I am 100% sure that there is going to be companies that just aren't going to survive this, yeah. uh, you know, thing. For sure. Um, but the thing is, the government says you have to, you can't fire anyone if you're mm. getting government support. Are, is this a decision that is being put on the owners of the companies mm-hmm. themselves? And why is this not more democratic? <laughs> so I can talk to it because I listen to money. I can say what I from, know from what has happened in Canada. So in Canada, there's two programs. Um, one of them is like a wage subsidy that like you see in a lot of countries where it's like 75% of their wage is like covered. And it's not even a loan here, I don't think. It's just like they just pay 75% as long as you don't lay those people off in 12 months. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which is a really interesting system. And then there's the bailout thing, which is separate, right? So, like, you'll see um, it happens in every country. Like, the government is bailing out um, Air Canada, for example, because, like, it's kind of obvious uh, that they can't make really any money <laughs> right now. Yeah, um, and we, we still need, like, flights after this shit, you know? Functional countries <laughs> um, with their bailouts are actually asking for a stake in the company in exchange for the bailout. That's cool. Yeah. Non-functional countries, America, are giving them money. <laughs> well, yeah, um, and and specifically, they're giving like the money to the large banks. Yes, and trusting them, and the banks are saying like, the banks are asking for more regulation and direction yeah. on this because otherwise, they're gonna a bank's gonna bank. They're just gonna yeah. rip everybody off. Like, so Canada's approach was do it direct, and like, there's a website. They already have all the details of all these com- tr- companies anyway. Just do it through the tax system, whatever. Like, just build it, um, and that makes more sense. To, I think it's okay. And then like the logic with the wage subsidy here is like that twenty five percent. Most companies do have enough on the bank after payroll costs that they can probably weather it within reason. And I think if you go bankrupt here, it's just what it is. But um, it, I think it has a pretty good success rate so far. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but I think the stake thing is a really interesting part of that at slash important. Like there's this really famous video that's going around um, uh, of this guy from this company called Social Capital uh, where he's on like CNBC and they're like, so you think that the government should just let, let airlines fail? And he's like, yes. And the guy just like doesn't understand. Right. But those um, billionaires money. And he's yeah, like, yeah. It's like, so? so they can't have a vacation in the Hamptons this year. Who cares? It's just like the greatest video. Yeah. But I, 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 I love that video. I'll put it. I in agree. It's like, that is the point is if there's, I do think there's a line, I think like airlines, I can somewhat agree with because for most countries, that's like this one, <laughs> but um, beyond that, I think it's difficult. The other thing um, about, democratic is unfortunately 
the way this works is you need to get money to them so fast that you kind of have to disregard everything else, which is problematic. Like you have to respond in four weeks or less for most of these like countries. And that's why you see the U S struggling so bad is they haven't done that. Like Canada's whole monetary monetary theory has like, has literally been like anybody can apply. We'll give you the money, but we'll like bone you on your next tax return. If you lie to us, it's considered tax fraud both by the director of the company and the individual, like the the company itself, sorry. So they are relying on trust, but that's the problem is you have to do it so fast. There's no method, let alone most countries uh, like the US haven't figured out how to run government from not being in a building. Like we just passed a law here allowing them to do it over a video call during states of emergencies, which is huge. The Supreme Court... Uh, in America, it has, doesn't do televised. Like, they only do audio recordings. Sick. Um, and That's the, why you see those hilarious 80s sketches still. Yeah. yeah. So, the um, for the first time, they're going to live stream it because they're doing it digitally. But I, I tweet this, like, every week, I think. I'm still <laughs> upset about it. And it's amazing to me that the media in America isn't just shouting this every day. Is like... American Congress is on vacation. Right. Yeah. They took like a three week vacation. Yeah. Because they couldn't figure out how to do it. In particular. No, because they had oh, schedule. Also, it's oh, just God. on the schedule of like vacation. And they were like, yeah, okay. And it's like during a crisis, 10,000 people are dying. Millions of people are getting coronavirus. Businesses are shutting down. Unemployment, 30 million people in a month. And just like on holiday. Cool. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, one last thing related, since we're on the like end of the world topic, Trevor. Uh, yeah, this Airbnb. is the downer episode. Airbnb, Airbnb. <laughs> oh, it's not the downer episode. It's just like the end of the world episode. Hello. I feel a reckoning for Airbnb, and I still yeah. haven't figured out how to process it. But I just wanted to bring it up because I want an excuse to put the link to that Wall Street Journal article in here. Um, there's this article this week about like, oh, the hosts of Airbnb that were hoping they'd bail out. Uh, and it's just like this crazy story about why Airbnb was broken in the first place. Like right. that's the actual story. There's this woman in there who's like, oh, you know, I'm definitely going bankrupt from this because I have to pay like $30,000 a month in mortgages and Airbnb is my only job. And I was like, ah, finally, these people are in the daylight. Like we never saw this before. Like before right. you knew these people existed, but yeah. you didn't know how it worked. And they, well, were, now, they were thinking they were real smart. Yeah. And- Excuse the space metaphor, but uh, you know we know dark matter exists because like there's like right. the effect of it, but you don't see it. It's yeah. the same of like we knew this was going on because like yeah. the housing markets were fuck showing the result of it. Yeah, they were fucked. Like getting an apartment as like a person that's not rich was <laughs> if you were not rich, you knew how bad the housing market was fucked. If you're trying to find an apartment. And it was because of this and mm-hmm. or in part because of this, like there's also like the large investment from foreign countries and nationals yeah. and whatever. But Airbnb was a huge cause of this crisis. And now all of a sudden, all these new houses on the market, if you go and look at the apartment listings in a city, mm-hmm. you're going to see these fully furnished apartments. Yeah, it's like a hundred a day here now. It's crazy. And you can always tell with the towels stacked on the bed in the picture that yeah. it was like an Airbnb. Or even better, it's like a coffee machine on an awkward table somewhere in a hallway. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like I saw this incredible apartment and it said for rent, 
IRL and I like looked it up and like they had the little shed in their uh, backyard was an extra room and it's like and they had like um, one of those ashtrays so it's like on the wall that you see in like government buildings and shit they had that too so you were like oh my god these guys are being being shit out of this but um the thing is, what why I don't feel compassion for these people with these insane um, uh, mortgages is if you want to play this game with like high reward, there is also a lot of stakes. Investments on are risks, and properties yeah. are an investment, and most people don't realize this. And I think Airbnb made it less obvious that this, this was the case. Like, well, I mean, people just went with it a little yeah. bit, and it also just grew wild, right? Because this, and this is, the, I think, this is why Airbnb, like, they didn't start this with the intention of fucking up the housing market. I'm sure that, like, it was supposed to be like this friendly thing, sharing thing, and the sharing economy and whatever the fuck. And I, I always like really liked the idea, but we also know that, and we have seen this throughout history, that something like this just doesn't really work because there is always people that are trying to like make a buck or beat the system or be smarter or whatever. And Airbnb is willing to facilitate that as long as they make the buck. That's that's the truth. Well, I mean, at some point they were like, "Oh, great, this hippy dippy sharing economy is great," but like we have mm. to make money on this because otherwise we can't like afford to run a company because they're a for profit business. So mm-hmm. they weren't doing charity work at all. So they found a naturally they found a way to make money and then the people that were doing the thing were like oh my god if i like get four more mortgages then like i can like 4x my money and the thing is that like i mean none of us are constantly living in with the idea that like a big crisis will hit sure like the thing that happened right now is something that we couldn't have seen coming yeah Um, and and the thing that i struggle with myself is was I supposed to uh, think something like this could happen? Mm. Was this something that I should have cal- calculated in? Because I always think of, oh, maybe I'll lose my job. Maybe I'll break my arm, like stuff, yeah. stuff like that, which is very short right. term. Right. And I've made sure that I am always like solid if something like that happens, that I can pay my rent and everything. Mm-hmm. But this, this is, this might have like way more bigger implications and, you know, m- might take a long time as well. Yeah. And uh, for now, I'm happy to say that I'm still working. But like, mm-hmm. what if I wasn't like, I, I I don't know how how many months I would be able to, you know, yeah, deal with this shit. So I can I can understand why someone who is making a fuck ton of money and on Airbnb just gets a little high on like the, the oh, money yeah. you're getting, and then doesn't like and think, it worked for years. That's the other thing is like I course. I can see that you don't end up overburdened with six properties overnight. Like this is because in lieu of anything else happening like this, you could get away with it and Airbnb was willing to. But like yeah. the truth is it's still a mortgage and like yeah. properties are actually the thing that's probably broken here. But yeah, that's what I was gonna say is like just using property as an investment tool is been bad for society for decades Mm -hmm. and it's just gotten worse and worse and we're seeing so many results of that because it's it's a basic human right you know it's like if water was our currency you would see poor people dying one thing there's lots of sci-fi based on that fact like Mm -hmm. it it's just 
it's one of those things that like housing should never have been an investment tool yeah and still shouldn't and i would say with airbnb like they were trying to this is my understanding at least my thought on it is they were trying to rebuild the idea of the hotel industry mm-hmm. in a new way yeah and i think that it was necessary to push the hotel industry but i think the hotel industry like exists in a regulatory framework already yes and maybe we need to go back to hotels as they were but them being pushed in a new direction because of airbnb to actually offer what people need and want but you, that's way. the crazy thing about all of this is like airbnb succeeded at that i would say hotels have responded at least like i've found it possible to find hotels that aren't but in the last few years like they have right. completely okay but listen owen why why is it that that's happened it's happened because companies like booking.com have like airbnb ified um booking hotels which has squeezed the living fuck out of hotels because i love booking.com personally when i'm using it because i can just cancel my hotel at any time of day even five minutes before i get to the hotel great idea for me but like for the hotels that's like devastating you know um so it feels like they just like airbnb have been like trying to you know make it worse for hotels and i've heard a lot of stories about uh, people that have hotels that they are just like squeezed out of you know like with prices that go up and down and stuff like that yeah because uh, it's difficult for them to compete because the regulatory stuff forces them to play the rules also and airbnb doesn't have to or whatever like yeah, and they yeah. both have, they both have this tendency to to direct all the money. Oh, Jesus Christ! Oh, sorry, to direct all the money streams towards their own bank accounts. Yeah, right. Because they they don't seem to care about people at all, which is the the thing that I uh, struggle with the most. For instance, Airbnb. Um, I mean, the governments have always tried to like work against them, work with them, um, get like some sort of rules up. But Airbnb always half asked asses these things mm-hmm. and always make sure that there is some sort of backdoor so they can <laughs> say like the, the governments they're like yeah you can only like put it on there for 30 days and then to the people that have the property they're like just repost it with a typo in the title <laughs> so <laughs> we so we've been talking about the regulations in hoteling and i would say that the amsterdam government one of the things that they were fighting with so much with airbnbs was Yes, it was creating or contributing to the housing crisis here, mm-hmm. but it was more that they were like, hotels have to have fire extinguishers and smoke right. alarms and fire <laughs> escapes and these Airbnbs that are popping up illegally by someone putting up a, a drywall in the living room to create another mm-hmm. space aren't safe. No, And yeah. that was like, hotels are regulated for safety mm. so that... If there is an emergency, like you have a higher risk of living. <laughs> and so that was also like when we're talking about regulations of hotels that the Airbnb was skirting, it wasn't just like taxes, you know, like yeah. we're talking about like people's lives. Oh, everything. It was yeah. everything. All those hotel, uh, all the Airbnb parties, like all of that stupid shit. Like I'm not saying hotels are perfect on that, but if you try and throw no. a like 40 person party in your hotel room, pretty sure you're going to get kicked out. And there's a guy employed at the hotel to kick you out. Like, <laughs> this is how it works. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good times. So, yeah, like you said, Freddie, I don't know, like, what this looks like for companies that don't survive the pandemic, but there are definitely, like, certain types of companies that shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Or it shouldn't come out the same, at least. It's sad that we needed a pandemic to rein these companies in and not regulation because we really needed governments to stop Airbnb and booking.com a long time ago. The thing is, and the thing is a a pandemic or a crisis like this is um, a very big force that has a lot of different uh, impacts on Mm -hmm. planet earth. Um, Just like how a forest fire um, destroys a lot of forest, but also has a purpose and also uh, adds something new to, um, to a place. Like, I mean, there's been forest fires that have been more extreme, so don't think of those. But like originally, a forest fire wasn't like the worst thing ever. It brings it's pretty natural force, yeah. Exactly, it's a pre- pretty natural thing, even though it looks very scary. Um, but like the same thing happens with this pandemic as well. Like there's gonna there's gonna be things that are going to be a lot better, and there's gonna be things that are mm-hmm. going to be a lot worse. And if anything, I think it's good that we're thinking about. Um, how basically nothing is um, sure. Mm-hmm. Nothing is set in stone. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, and the funny thing is, is this caused me a lot of anxiety in the beginning. Mm. Our lives are shaken pretty hard right now. Mm-hmm. But then I realized, actually, it's always like this. Mm-hmm. Life is always uncertain, and we always have to, like, you know, it's just exposing you to the realities of that at the yeah. simultaneously. That, right. And know. also uh, a crisis is also a pretty interesting time to start a new business um, because it's like a lot of rules are being reset and there is new opportunities that are coming there as well. Yeah. You know, that's a, interesting. You mentioned that um, there are a lot of opportunities. There's a new company called or a new product called specialist by a company called punch list. So Punchlist is, uh, I actually know the, the one of the founders, um, he used to work with me at Square, but um, mm-hmm. the it was an app and a platform for connecting um, you going through the, a, a home remodel with professionals that mm-hmm. remodel homes and yeah. t- taking a lot of the hard parts of that process out and streamlining it and using a lot of their technology. Anyway. So that's the product they were working on. And mm-hmm. then obviously the pandemic happened and you can't have contractors coming into your home all the time. Except um, in your, if you're in Canada for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so they launched a new product called Specialist, which allows, um, you know, maybe you're an electrician, maybe mm-hmm. you're a, a yoga instructor. I joined Specialist and you can charge a, a minute or hourly or per call rate. And uh, it's a way for people to hire your services for a period of time and then it's all billed through stripe and then you get paid and you just pay the stripe fee and so yeah there's like a lot of interesting kinds of innovation happening right now where companies are not just i would say i wouldn't say that specialist is taking advantage of the current situation but i think they're trying to help people in our current situation i think that's really cool to see people step up and come with creative solutions and it it could be anything like i've seen like cool like people developing ways for people to learn music online and like 
there were plenty of apps and YouTube channels to do that, but it's cool to see people like investing more into like, Mm -hmm. this is the thing that could help somebody in this time. So there's, there's some cool innovation happening that I think is like, gives me a little hope of like humanity. Here's a little positive note for us to end on. It's like, exactly. Just like the school thing we talked about, just like how maybe housing prices will go down a little bit. Uh, and maybe we will be able to rent those beautiful apartments in the city center instead of them renting them to, you know, tourists. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, like, the climate impact of this is also quite interesting. And um, us rethinking how much do I actually need to be in a room with people, for instance. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, yeah. yeah. Sure as hell, it's nice sometimes to be able to do IRL. Sorry, it's just ruining my jacket right now. Sorry. Um, to be IRL in a room with people is sometimes very helpful mm-hmm. for doing projects and everything. But I think we're also seeing that there's a lot of things that we don't really have to, yeah. you know, fly to London for. Or like going to the doctor on the phone. Like, it's fine. I don't need to go to a waiting room. Or it could give us exactly. a little empathy for people that already couldn't leave the home. Yeah, True. exactly. Good point. All right. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what this will bring us. We'll see what tech will bring us here as well. I hope we get a really fast 5G internet and people start stop being racist, but yeah. you know, um, can't can't have it all. Um, Does 5G yeah, need I, a rebrand? I feel like yeah. it might at this point. We just the, call it fa- fast internet you want. Yeah. What's the, the G stand for? Uh, generation, I think. Fourth generation, fifth generation. Yeah, it's underwhelming. It's, it's, that. <laughs> it's not what I expected. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's that. I could be wrong, but if, if we're wrong, we'll correct it in Discord. We we can maybe change it into like giraffe or something cute. <laughs> five giraffes. Honestly, it's, it's like it's... horsepower, but like <laughs> yeah. five five, this is five giraffe internet. This is like wow. Google's naming scheme. The internet is so good. Like it would be the same if you had like a tower that's as tall as five giraffes. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Oh, good place you know, to end. You know those memes where it's like, if a dog wore pants, would it be like this or like this? Yeah. <laughs> There's one that uh, I saw. Uh, it's if giraffes wore choker necklaces, would it be like this or like this? And it was like oh, near wow. the bottom of its neck or oh. near the top of its neck. Oh, no. I thought that was the funniest thing. That's amazing. But not related to the show at all. Good <laughs> means an internet culture you know yeah yeah uh, yeah i don't know i don't i don't we don't we didn't really talk about anything tech specific <laughs> oh, i like right. this it's good this, it was enjoyable to get it all out all yeah and, and i personally kind of like hearing other people talking about this whole crisis and trying to like you know make it a little bit more sense of it for mm-hmm. myself as well mm-hmm. um, yeah so, yeah if you're still listening i hope this was Good for you. Send us a voice memo on where you are with this to nice. anchor or hi at chargetech.com because we could just do it yeah, that way only. also. So you can send us a WAV <laughs> or whatever and from your phone. We'll put next, it on time, end. next time we'll be back with a, a, a non-mental health podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, I mean, mental health is always important, but like That's we'll true. have a little bit less focus on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. See you in Discord. Just join join Discord in the show. Yeah. We'll stream the next one again. Oh, I like that. Let's stream next week. Yeah. All All right. right. See you there. Bye, Bye, Biscuits.